Hello everyone and welcome back to the Raw and Real Conversations with myself, Tiril, and my dear friend, Billy. Hello, Billy. How are you? Hi, Tyril. Good, thank you. So this week we had a little chat, didn't we, about just yesterday what we might talk about. And uh, I suggested about talking about letting go, the ending of things, the death of things, but really letting go. Because we have so many ways in life, don't we, where we have to let go, we lose things, we're unable to control many aspects of our life and there's a sense of, of great loss and death itself. What do you think, Tyrell? Why do you think, yeah, because the word letting go is so nice, you know, it's like, yeah, we know we have to let go. Death is a very uh, big word that frightens us almost, like, no, we cannot talk about death because it's uh, scary, you know? <laughs> you, you use the word death and it's like, um, why do you think we are scared of death? That mm. word. Yeah, we've been kind of trained, haven't we, to be scared of death because existentially we've been told that this we live in a physical body and when this body has gone, we, are, we no longer exist. And if you have faith and you go to church and you have, I mean, you have faith anyway, but let's talk about the general population. If, if they have a certain set, set, if they have a certain faith, excuse me, I'm blah, 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 it's early, then there may be something afterwards. However, if not, you know, if you've been bad, you're going to hell. If you've been good, you might go to heaven. There's all these concepts that have been infiltrated since we were kids. The very exploration that the, you know, the way that you understand the word itself, like you said to death, for me, actually, it's one of the most fascinating words. I've been fascinated with it since I probably was about 11. There is no, I, what I'd like to express today is there is nothing to be scared of. Every single day in your life, you are experiencing a mini death anyway. Forget about just the physical form and idea of it. But you have the death of losing friendships, leaving, growing up leaving the family, leaving schools, transitioning into adulthood, relationships, you know, your emotional experiences, holding on to a certain emotion that you don't want to let go of. And then you grow up and there's a mini death as you release old emotion, old fear. There are many, many deaths. We're actually living deaths every single day. We're actually letting go every single day. Yeah, every day. I rem- yeah, I remember when I started to talk with my therapist that I was 18. <laughs> I started early. I uh, <laughs> was burned out. I was so frustrated. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. My body wouldn't actually walk even. I couldn't clench my fist. I was so tired. But I had all this frustration and energy built up. And I came into the room. And as I stepped in, I looked this man into the eyes I knew I was going to die (laughs) that was the feeling like I was now going to say goodbye to an identity uh, a lifestyle and a personality big setup which I built my entire life on was going to be confronted and I knew that it would die but I kind of needed some help with that but that was my first meeting with with death and 
the, the fright of losing my identity, you know, I'm perfect, I'm smiling, I'm kind, I'm pleasing, all these layers. And that was what that was what I was mostly scared of was that identity loss. Who am I without my stuff around? And it felt terrible. It felt like it felt like I was dying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can I want to ask a question because 18, so young, and to have gone to ask for assistance and help, it doesn't matter how we do it, you know, whether it's therapy or bashing a pillow, that you, you know, you said last week you were reading Edgar Tolk, Tol, I don't know his name, Edgar, 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 Tolkart, something. Sorry for those that love that man, but it doesn't resonate with me, so I never ever get his name right, but that you were reading these profound books about life really and then 18 you get this sense of yeah this existential death that something in you is dying what was the fear was there any fear you know was was there any when you had that realization okay i'm in this body i'm losing all this old self was the fear about not knowing what was coming so it felt like Definitely. dying mm. yeah it felt like i had no idea the plan was gone because I had this plan, I was going to study that, I was going to be this, I was, I knew I was going to get that money and at the end of that year I would go to that job and suddenly that was gone. And mm. just not knowing for me was like falling into the dark hole, endless dark hole. And when he explained to me about these black holes, um, I kind of became fascinated with the process of dying and the suffering and the challenges before I hated challenges I hated suffering I hated anything that <laughs> confronted my lifestyle and then he switched it around and and saying that these black holes like these dark so places inside of us the fear places are uh, the places I need to go and I felt so motivated to start exploring that but once the black hole was there it felt like i was falling and falling you know in this mud i was walking and it's like there's no steady ground so i just wanted to get out get out but I, i'm happy i had some part of me staying and was like no oh, i will go through this i will i will die mm -hmm. yeah so you knew you were gonna there's gonna be a death like a psychological it's a psychological death isn't it really it's like losing your i would describe it Per, from my personal experience too, of losing your mind, you know, and what are we told in our society, you know, be logical, be sensible. If you even show any, if you even suggest to the people around you socially that, that you are not conforming, whether that be through how you act, dress, speak, behave, then oh, we're going to send you to the psychiatrist. We're going to send you to see someone. So can you imagine, you know, the, for the people that are listening that just feel very different as you and I did, but we sort of were hiding it in a way, the, the very, the, the terror of, which is also connected to death, isn't it? The, the idea of exhibiting who they really are, how they really feel is going to meet with such social backlash 
that they'd rather just stay as they are. And possibly like you, feeling this existential death anyway, getting depressed, you know, getting anorexia, bulimia, there are all kinds of women particularly really seem to suffer. They really hold all of these things inside. Um, they're great at talking and sharing, thank goodness. I'm sure, you know, men go, go through it harder in a way, but they will just cope with it. So they'll have all these mini deaths inside and they'll just cope and they'll go on and on. And, you know, they'll seek the kind of help you did. Okay, therapy is nice. CBT is good. Let's go for the traditional formalized ways of getting help. I'm feeling like I'm dying inside. However, to use the mind to try to fix what the mind's created, for me, it's always been a complete anomaly. As Einstein said, you know, it's, that would be the, <laughs> that would be the definition of madness itself, but that's what we're set up to do in reality. Yeah. Anyway, I've just gone on and on. Come on, come in there, Tyrrell. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, it's after, you know, I've confronted the black hole or I'm feeling like mm. I'm dying. There's like this void, mm. the feeling mm. of nothingness. And that kind of freaks me out. And my mind goes quickly in. It's like, but shouldn't we fill this up with a new plan? Like, and then my, my therapist, I remember he said, don't fill it up. Just be in that void. And then new stuff enters. We are, um, we are so quickly to fix. And we are so, when something has been letting go, we're going through something, we are so quickly to fill that hole with something, a new plan, a new relationship, uh, a new job. Oh, it's like we don't stand not knowing and just being in the void. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Because we live in our minds. Well, not me anymore. Hello. Although no husband would agree with that, but, but, uh, we, we have, even if I don't live in my mind now, I used to the worst possible, worst possible way. I want to express, you know, for me, there's been, when I was young, I used to sit up until about eight years young, I used to sit with older people and, you know, it was quite clear they were very ill, very unwell. I probably mentioned this last week. I'm not sure, but I, you know, I used to go there, I'd get some sweets and I'd sit down and I went there for the sweets, I think, really. And I'd hear all their war stories. You know, these people in their 70s, 80s. And it was very clear that their time was finite. But I always, from a young age, got this sense of being raised by a grandma as well, an old woman. I always got this sense that that was okay. You know, this time was finite. We were enjoying this moment. And one day I'd be told that Doris had gone. But that was okay. That was lovely because. I'd had this great time with Doris and I've just been thinking about feeling about now the physical sense of death that people are frightened of. You know, we all lose people. If we haven't lost, you know, we, we growing up, we lose our grandparents, our mothers, you know, I'm, I don't have a mother or father. They've, they've died too, but we lose animals. We lose friendships. Don't we? We lose many, many things. And it's just the way that we experience it. If we are truly alive and not living through the mind, then we get to have the greatest experience of, of, of life itself. I've gone off. I've gone all over the place. I've had one of those Turkish coffees. <laughs> I, can, I can see I'm, whoever's listening. I do apologize because there's like 15 things I want to express <laughs> through the word death. And I want to get it all out in one sentence and it's not quite coming through. So forgive me on this. I'm not going to use the coffee as an excuse because that's not true. But I realize I've jumped from talking about us being in the mind 
to me being a kid, being with older people, I guess what I really want to say is that from a very young age, it was a fascinating thing, death. Like it could bring up questions. Where did they go? How are they feeling? Oh, what, what's where, that's their body, but it doesn't look like they're there anymore. You know, what's, oh, what's gone on? So why is the reason the whole setup in the society is fearing death? Is like, why, why is that? Why am I not friends with it? Like naturally in the society, because we know everybody's dying. We know people are, jobs are ending. We know that he or she may break up with us. So why? From my experience, why do we, you know, yeah, sorry, Katerina, for coming here. If we don't have a sense of connection to anything other than our brain and our physical body and our physical body, then there is a massive sense of loss anyway, isn't there? We're living, like you said, I don't want to go there. I feel this dark hole. I don't want to go there because I am this physical body. I am this mind and I've got to hold on to it. So why are we frightened? Because we've been instructed psychologically, emotionally, physically to worry about not being in this body. Now, not all, because I know people are listening who have faith or they have a connection or they understand source like you and I do. We have our own feeling around source. If you look at the Tibetans, you know, the Tibetan book on living and dying, I used to be a bereavement counselor. So I used to help people who had lost their partner of 50 years, who had lost their child, who had lost, um, it, was, it was partners usually, or their mothers. These were grown people. But the difference between how they felt came from how, what they believed. So this particular lady who was 80-something, she'd lost her husband of 50 years. All she had known was her husband. So she was going to chain smoke herself to death. And when I met her, what we actually found out in three months was she was never happy with that man. She just got psychologically used to him. And now he was gone. She had to figure out who she was. And it was a really beautiful ending because she went from wanting to die and she had um, that disease related to smoking, emphysema. And she went from killing herself with these cigarettes to stopping and realizing, wow, I could do anything I want. Yeah, so that was a lovely ending. So we and rather, yeah. yeah, sorry. Go, go. We rather stick with what we know, which is not maybe that good because we are so scared it might not come in anything else. Mm-hmm. that's where we that's where most very many people live like the toxic toxic relationships like jobs like i don't know if i can get anything new, uh, other than this so i'll let's say that's yeah. reality exactly that's what you said the i don't know isn't it now if if we do not go and explore even the word the concept, even our pain when we lose those people close to us or we lose something close to us, the job, the business, the car, the house, the child, the, the relationship, the family. If we don't go and explore what it is, then we are forever, not only energetically in that pain and fear, but we are affecting our environment. This is something I really want to point out because I want to point this out every week. There are many people running around the planet going, oh, I'm going to save the planet, save the planet. They're hating on people. They're hating on this. They love animals. They hate people. I want you to remember that every single thought that you emanate through your body and existence has an effect on everything around you, on your planet, on the animals, on the people, on everything. So 
we are not here to be hating on and fearful of. We're here to know that we, we really are connected. And our job, our most important job, and I think this is why death, I really want to talk about death, because living in that constant fear of death and not understanding that it is an evolvement, it's an evolution into something new, whatever it is in your life, holding on so tight just shows how little control you have. And then you're affecting your environment. You're in a bad mood. You're pissed off. You're angry. You're, you, you know, you're pointing fingers at people. It's everybody else's fault as to why you have the problem. We need to really have a look at that mirror. We have to look in the mirror. And even for this very concept of death, you may not like hearing this, you may not agree, you may hate what I'm saying. That's irrelevant. What is important, if you're listening to this, you're supposed to be listening to this. You're supposed to be remembering who you are and you're not just this physical body. But do you have any experiences, Tyrell, of leaving the body or near-death experiences? I just remember that that first year when I confronted my, my black holes, you know, that felt like a year of death. It was so intense. It was like boom, 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 <laughs> like all the time uh, confronting. I was, I'm, um, I like things quick. I like yeah, to learn fast. You know, I'm taking it. If there's something, I'm taking it, you know, it's a bit exhausting, but that's just how I, how I feel. And I remember it got so bad one day, the black hole. I was like, maybe I should just like kill myself now. So I was even thinking about what kind of ways to get out. Pills, hanging. Because my ego, my personality was so devastated. And it was just crumbling down so hard <laughs> that I considered actually leaving. And I'm so happy I stayed. In, in those next minutes, hours, I completely transformed. I had no idea I had a capacity to feel at peace with myself, to have a still mind. All these qualities that I longed for rushed in after I just stayed in that void of dying. I, because it's a lot about control, you know, we cannot control quieting the mind we cannot control the love in our hearts so that's why we we don't know how to deal with it so we rather go into the mind and keep what we have and know luckily i got the chance to die and to see that what is coming is much more than we could ever imagine so i just want to say that like if you're scared anybody listening scared of what's coming be sure that something good will come. It's like, it has to, it's like a law. That's what I know by experience, that something comes in. It won't like be an empty hole. It's like, yeah, maybe for a few minutes. But if we just let it be open and be in faith and trust, it has to come in something much better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> and that's an interesting concept you brought up there. The, the, committing suicide because there's a lot of feeling around that um you know i, I too like you I, I think 14 was the first time i thought i want to die i want to die i was in a relationship um i was 15 nearly 15 14 and a half and my boyfriend was hitting me and beating me and i just attracted this kind of characters into my life and 
but I, I didn't really want to die. I wanted help, but I didn't know how to ask for it. I was much too immature. I believed that I was loving and I was being hurt and I was a victim. And it was so, it was quite hilarious really, because I took lots of contraceptive pills. I took six packets of contraceptive pills. That was like times 30. And which is why today when I go to take a vitamin, I'm sort of gagging because I can still recall swallowing all these. They're only tiny, but I was swallowing them. But I was doing it thinking, ah, I don't think contraception <laughs> pills are going to actually kill me, but I'll give it a try anyway. And then moving on at 15, I decided again, no, I was 17, another abusive relationship, cheating on, not, not hitting this time, just a lot of cheating on. And I thought, right, I'm going to kill myself again. And there was some herbal sleeping tablets in the bathroom. And I took lots of those. Again, that was hilarious. I just got very, very exhausted at the end of the day. But for those that have maybe lost anybody or know or is connected with anyone that they've lost um, in, in suicide, it's very important that there's a lot of ideas that, oh, it's so terrible and bad. Well, my experience is what happens karmically is you're going to have to return and repeat that which you were not able to get through in the last life. So believe me, anyone that's listening, that's really considering maybe of doing anything like that, you're going to have to come back. And trust me, five decades on this planet, I can promise you, you're not going to want to have to come back and go through this over and over again. There is a way, as Tyrrell said, there is a way. And that is, it is through the heart. You know, it will never happen through the mind. But I do understand that there are people out there that I haven't met anyone that hasn't considered leaving. They may have said, no, I've never thought about that. But I can see energetically that they have. You know, it's like having problems with living as a human being. That's not a, it's a, it's a difficult thing, but only we can get through it. Only we can get through that. There's not going to be anything external. You can talk, you can be supported. But as you are aware, if you're listening, nobody knows how you really feel. Unless they have been there too, then they have an inkling, don't they, Tyrrell? They have a, mm. a, a depth of compassion. The problem is they're going to try and talk you out of doing these things, you know, and when you're in the deepest depths of your misery, you can't hear anything. You don't want to hear anything because you're so immersed in poor me ego, really immersed that you can't really, it's hard to hear, but there is a way out. As you said, there is a way out. Mm. So that's one kind of death, isn't it? Wanting to die, the suicide, the pain of living. Actually, it's a very painful experience until you know, you open your heart. I had a question, like, so how is it on the other side, like, when we are free of um, that fear of dying, how is life in the same bodysuit, like, say, say we heal, do you have an experience with that, like, you actually healed your fear of death and then how is it to love how much bigger can we love when we are not scared <laughs> of losing yeah it's a great question isn't it I, I quickly want to mention i'll try and get through this quickly because today we're going to try to keep to hold on time hold on time it's a hilarious one human beings are the only are the only people that have managed to define something that doesn't exist time i've almost died four times 
so the two times I pretended to commit suicide, I did pretend. I don't have the courage, you know. I really don't have the courage to do it. I'm. I don't like needles, knives, or anything. I'm definitely not going to jump off a building. It, it would never. It was never really going to happen. I was really screaming for help. And um, I knew then, even at a young age, my journey was going to be a, not an easy one. Not an easy one. And today, I understand. Well, that's what I wanted as a soul. I wanted to experience the horrors of this planet, of myself, of the emotions, so that I could get to the other side, so to speak, and still be in a body suit. The first time I almost died, I was um, living in the Seychelles and I went to one of the top 10 famous beaches there with a few friends and I was in the water and there was a riptide. So what happens is it looks like a lovely warm ocean, Indian ocean it was, but there was a riptide underneath. And as I was coming, trying to get out, the riptide took me. And what happens is literally like there's a it's like you fall into a hole, like a bit like you said, a black hole, but it's made of sand. And you're struggling and you can't get out. Now, it looks like you're very shallow in the water. Anyway, cut a long story short. I'm in this riptide and um, I, I am drowning. <clears throat> and I am panicking and drowning and panicking and drowning. And it doesn't matter how much I struggle. I'm not coming up to the surface. I'm getting lower and lower. And then there was a point, as you said, I said to myself, I'm going to, you're going to die. Let it go. And there was a second of no. And then it was, okay, I give up. And as I gave up, I floated up to the top. And there were my friends sitting on the beach. And I had, my, I had a bikini on at the time. Well, I floated up without the bikini. I floated up completely naked, flabbergasted, hair was all over. And they were just looking over. And when I got my breath back and emptied my lungs, I said to them, well, did you not see I'm drowning? They said, oh no, I thought you were just doing somersaults in the water. They were very, very relaxed. The point being, that moment I gave up, there was this absolute state of bliss. It was like, you've probably heard all these near-death experiences. It really is, from my experience, it's so true. That exists. There is bliss. There's no mind, there's no body. You just sort of, it's a sense of one with everything. It's beautiful. Second time I almost died. Um, well, many times. I'm going to just tell you about three particular ones. One, uh, I was living in Buenos Aires. I had my loft. I had the whole floor laminated and I'm very, very allergic to highly toxic substances. Anything with lead in it, paints, plastics. Anyway, I slept in the loft that night. And as I was sleeping, I was in dream world and I heard some, it was a voice saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. And as I woke up, I had really, it was like, I can imagine if anyone's taken sniff glue, I never had, but your brain, all your synapses, your brain is all foggy. You cannot move. You cannot speak. You cannot walk. You're just sort of out of it. But there is a voice there somewhere in the back. It's like yourself, your higher consciousness which is aware that this is going on. Now your physical body is out. So I'm crawling to the window, trying to get to the window, trying to get some air. And there was this voice saying, get out, get out, get out. In a daze, I managed to get out to get somewhere to get some air. And now again, in that sort of switch between life and death in that dream world, I was very wanting to go to the other side. I was really delighted in being able to go to the other side. If it hadn't been for the voice saying, wake up, wake up, wake up, it was very urgent. 
which was kind of disturbing me. I was like floating into this wonderful nothingness. Um, yeah, I got to wake up. And after that, it was pretty serious because there was internal bleeding happening. There was all kinds of things happening just from one night there. And the last story I want to share, uh, there's four, but I'm going to share one more. I thought one, I, was got, I got fascinated with plants, but I knew nothing about them. So my ego was like, yeah, I know plants. I'm a plant. I'm a medicine woman. I know what I'm doing. I'm a medicine woman. I'm a medicine woman. I gathered all these herbs and plants and I started boiling them up. <laughs> And drinking them, thinking, yeah, medicine woman, here we go. We're not understanding we need to have some profound respect for this planet and all that is on it, including plants. They have energy and they have power. Drank something, drank this concoction, and felt very tired. And went to lay down and was out. And I'm, I'm sure I literally died for quite a long time because it was I was comatose. Again, in there, I was facing some spirits on the other side that were trying to take me on the other side. Now this feeling was very different. It was a feeling of force being forced to be taken, which enabled me internally to sort of go, no, I'm not going. You're not going to tell me what to do and to come back. But when I was going into this unconsciousness, I remember saying, you're dying. You're dying, Benny. You're about to die. And I was just blissed. I had this huge smile on my face. It was like, I'm ready. I've lived an incredible life. I was only like probably 38. I'm like, yes, it's been amazing. It's been magical. I'm ready. Take me. So again, it's our experience of if I hadn't been interested in death and seen it as a transition, it would have been terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. So I don't remember your question, Tyrell, but uh, <laughs> I just wanted to tell those like, stories. I, I, I get this image of people carrying a lot of stuff in their bodies, like uh, experiences, history, uh, fears, like we carry all, we hold on to so much. And my question was like, if we let go more of, of uh, what we hold on to in all sorts of like mini forms, big forms, like, how is the how is it to live here it's like it seems like we're not talking about other experiences of life like is it possible to walk around with a lightness in the body and be present or are we, are we thinking we are doomed to hold on to our our past uh, that is a very relevant thing because myself as well I'm, I have this black box we often talk about you know but the stories we tell us and it's kind of making my identity you know I'm like mm. oh my stomach hurts um oh no I react like that if that happens like history and very like makes my body hard and uh, clenched and this is just like stuff everybody feels you know mm. and I just want to explore how it is to be light you know I, I do feel that a lot more but I remember how heavy I was holding on to identity, old feelings, um, wanting to be right, all these things. And it's all about death. It's all about letting yes. go and just giving some fate to that. It is possible to go through a death and live here after that and feeling light. There is something, you know? Yes, though, yeah. But what is like what you said, it, we're, if we are not prepared to go to that experience that you talked about, the death, the black hole, the, oh my God, I'm dead, I'm depressed. 
you, we, we are living through our minds where in, when you're in the, all those conditions you explained, it's all the mind, isn't it? Oh, my stomach hurts. I'll let the mind tell me why. Oh, it's the full moon. It's this, it's that. Well, actually, maybe it isn't. Maybe this is just a reminder of something else. The disconnection from the physical body, from the heart. You know, remember, we have three brains. So the, the wonderful warriors that came before us say, and the first one is the heart, and the second one is the stomach, and the third one should be informed by the other two. However, we have been socialized and conditioned to use the main one, which appears to be a brain and a mind. It has nothing to say, nothing to do, and doesn't learn anything. It's one of the non, most non-creative things on the planet. It's just a sort of a, an apparatus that <laughs> in motion, but it's nothing to do with the full connection. So the mini deaths, when you face them, the end of the relationship, oh, I want to stay, I want to hold on, all of these things. Look on the planet right now. We are going through the death of our old ways of being. Yeah, we're under house arrest. We're going, which is a fantastic thing, I feel. Fantastic thing. I, whatever is going on in your life, trust me on this one. It's going to be great on the other side if you go and meet yourself. If you see that which you were refusing to see about yourself. If you do that transformation inside. And that means to firstly recognize that your mind has been controlling the show. And secondly, you know, you're a human being with an immense potential and beauty. You are so much more than a basic mind. Start to get interested. You've got YouTube. You've got, you've got the privilege of your comfortable home. If you're listening to this, you know, you're probably from the Western world. You have a home. You have a room. You have your phone. You have internet. Explore. Explore now. All, explore all, the, all of those things that you have been unconscious of. <coughs> Excuse me. Because... These are the things that are going to take you into the next level of life. This massive death, it's a massive existential death where human beings are having this sense of losing the house, the car, the money, the business. When we understand the totality of who we are, we will recognize we haven't lost anything. We have only gained. You know, we really have only gained. But again, you're going through many deaths now now you go there voluntarily or you go kicking and screaming but you will be forced to go there so you know i highly recommend that you um go there <laughs> just go there because yeah, you maybe can get practice, mm. practice little things like uh, i'm having a conversation with my husband and i want to be right that's like a mini practice of mini dying you know <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'm not going to fight for this. I'm letting it go. Like getting the practice of taking a deep breath when you want to fight for life. You just mm -hmm. let go and die a little bit. Like, okay, maybe I don't need to be right. Maybe I'm not right. And then I, if I do that, I get like, ah, relief. So maybe that's like a mini pattern in the brain. Finally, letting go of its force. Yes, absolutely. The problem is... You don't have to go... Yeah. have to go dying like, oh, I'm going to face the shit of the hell of the hellest, you know? It comes in perfect timing. But maybe yeah. today, like, there's a lot to let go of. And, and as you said, where to start? Well, start by your massive ego that just, like you said, wants to be right, wants to fight, wants to know. Well, look where that's coming from, your mind. 
you just mm. said wants to be right your heart has no interest in being right or wrong it just wants to love mm. so yeah the mini deaths absolutely like i feel a little bit sad and you feel resistant in the beginning but that's a sign of oh yeah right on track if you feel a little bit like oh no i don't want to go there maybe go there Absolutely. The more resistance, the harder it feels, the more growth that's going to come from it. The more growth. Family, that's an interesting one. Friends. There's a lot of people, you know, I too went through it, but friends, letting go of friendships that no longer resonate, you know, just um, looking at the time here, but friendships that no longer resonate is an important one because it feels like a mini family, doesn't it? Our friends kind of become the family that we always wished for, we always desired. The people that we, at the different points in our life that we can just resonate with. So when we realize, hold on, we're, not, we're no longer in that resonation, what the hell do we do? We're like, no, I'll keep it going, I'll keep it going. I have co-created with women in their 50s who have had friendships that are so unhealthy. And when, you know, they face and, and you explain, look, well, let's have a look at what's going on. They justify it. That's okay. That's fine. It's like we're children in adult bodies. And it's important on this moment in time to raise our consciousness. You know, I think the consciousness needs to be the focal point for all humanity on every level, the mini deaths, the recognizing what we're doing. If we're going to stay here on the planet, there is no I have a death. question. It's just transitions. Yeah. Like my, my mind wants to make it possible, but can I have it all? Like, can I have the old and the new? Do I have to say goodbye because it's uncomfortable? Can I just have the old and the new? You know what I mean? Yep. How is that uh, like um, an energy when you kind of end something? You, you must end something for, new, for something new to come. Is it like that? Yes, it's like making space for the new. And what I say to clients is, is do this. If you, have, if you have friends around you, people, or just an environment that you no longer want to be in, you no longer feel that you're resonating in it, all you do is you make a little list of all the things that you don't like about those friends, yeah? whether it's family, friends, partners. And then have a look at yourself in the mirror and see what in there is you. And you will find everything you've put on that paper is you. So that what you're really saying is I no longer want to be that, feel that, act like that. It's no longer resonating with me. So as you said, if you're going to put your foot on one, one foot on one side and one foot on the other, that means you want to hold on to all of the elements that you once were within that friendship and keep them. And you are refusing to let them go. Now, is that really great for your future? Is that great for this planet? Not really. We're going through, imagine what we're going through now with the powers that be that are not doing such great things on this planet. We're literally like, we're separating from it. We're saying we're not going to be doing things like this anymore. We're going to have our own sovereignty, our own integrity. We're going to listen to our own hearts. We're going to take care of our planet. We're going to take care of each other. We're going to go for unity. Now it's like a breakup, you know, that's a kind of breakup and it's painful, but we either move forward. I've been in abusive relationships. I know how hard it was to move out because you would tell yourself, wouldn't you? Oh no, he did this because I deserved it. He did da da da. He's just said that because I deserved it. 
when you come from you know a, an abusive background you you get used to abuse and abuse doesn't need to look like you being beaten up every week within the family unit there's emotional and psychological abuse isn't there there are ways that people get you to do things as kids energetically with it with, with parents they don't realize they're doing it but if you're listening to this and you are a parent doing that please wake up to it please pay attention because Take care of your own sovereignty and then the children will be okay. The people around you will be okay. Anyway, I don't know if it's I've answered coming, the question. It's all coming back to taking responsibility for all our aspects because they're represented in our external world and yes. pulling back the energy saying, is this something I want to have in my life? First and foremost, inside of myself. Mm. That's the question. Not like, oh, she's bad. She, that's wrong. Oh, it's not like, well, it doesn't, I don't want to have that character inside of me any longer. That trait. Yeah. Like, mm, no. And it's but funny, isn't so it? nice because then we take our power back and not, it's not yes. about the world. It's, not, it's, it's about us. It's, it's funny, you just said it, isn't it? When we're going, oh, I don't like them because of that, or oh, they're mean, or they're boring, or they're just small minded. Well, what are we being at that moment? Exactly. <laughs> that's what we see, that's what we are. <laughs> yeah so i we're coming to the end now so um got any last words tyrell oh first uh, can i ask you some questions yeah go for yeah it. so first questions okay what is the what is the greatest thing you have learned from one of your mini deaths what's been the most powerful mini death and the learning from it What I don't know yet is what is my biggest dream. There's so much that I don't know that I can feel and know that's just behind that door. That, that is fear. And if I go in there, I get to know things I had never imagined was possible to feel. And that's just experience can do it like. You cannot read it, you cannot, like I can say it, but you have to feel it and go through it. And that is the best thing I've learned and the most fascinating thing about uh, dying. Beautiful. I have learned from death how to live. Yeah, how to live. And I say, you know, when we come into this world, we take a sharp intake of breath. And when we leave, we take a deep exhalation of breath from the bodysuit. And it is what we do in between that defines how well we have lived. Can I ask you a last question? Yeah. What will you let go of now? Hmm. What will I let go of now? I'm struggling here. <laughs> I want to say I want to say grief because I've noticed there seems to be a little grief left in me. I was re revisiting last night around losing my grandma, losing her physical presence. And um grief. I have to make peace peace with her that you know knowing i know i've met her and visited her in dream world but it's the physical presence that appears to be affecting my body still which yeah 
I'll let go. I'm willing to let go. (laughs) I don't know that I'll make it, but I'm willing because it's time. Yeah. So. That's it for now. Oh, oh no, we got some other questions, haven't we? Some favorite, oh, yeah. some, some lighter questions. Um, oh, that was one. Can I ask three? Can I ask two more? You can. What do you? What is your wish for your newborn baby? Your new baby. She's a few months now. For Molly, what is your your dream for Molly's future? That she will trust herself first and foremostly. All <laughs> seconds of her life, like she is the one knows the best for her she will not um, follow what is not right for her and she will listen to herself that's uh, in, that's for me a big sadness and i see it in the world like we we want uh, approval we want someone to tell us what to do we don't know that's not true we know and i want for her to keep because i'm as I look at her and I see that she knows exactly what she wants, who she is, where she's going. And I hope she keeps that power and not give it to the outer world. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask one about love. What is the most, what is the deepest struggle of love with your partner, with your fiance, with your soon to be husband? What, what's, what do you mostly struggle with? Being present for all the love that is already there. I uh, struggle with um, escaping it. Like, I don't want to feel it. It's like, I'm no, I'd rather work. I'd rather go for a run. I'd rather, um, like, distract myself from it. So it's like, it's all, it's all here, but I don't really want to feel that good i don't know why but it's um i know it's a lot more love present in my life than i allow myself to feel mm, beautiful. So slowly i am trying to go slower stepping a little bit lighter and like being more present and calmer to receive it it's scary mm. how about you with the same question or a yeah, new one? The husband question. The husband oh, the husband question. <laughs> I forgot what the question was. Uh, what's the scariest, the hardest part? Mm. Mm, hardest part. Yeah, it's similar to yours. You know, when you've been, when you've been self-serving in many ways, which one would call so selfish, but it, I needed to know who I was as a human. When you're used to taking care of yourself in so many ways, to allow the entire expression of that love that my husband brings, I still don't fully allow that entire expression because it is powerful beyond belief. And he frightens me with his intensity of love. There are moments he, ha- he would ask me to hold the gaze, to hold the stillness, And I believe that what's the scary part in that moment for my physical personality form is, you know, it would reduce me to tears. And that's where I would feel what I will let go of from now, which is that grief. Mm. So, yeah. Actually, it is feeling ourselves. 
Mm, yeah we feel ourselves oh I could cry now oh, beautiful. Just, I just allow myself to feel it but that's right. a great entrance for next talk yes relationships yay uh, we're moving into love from death <laughs> to love from death to relationships isn't it going to be a fun one can I leave the the listeners with a song yeah I'm not going to sing it trust me it's just a recommendation I mean you may love him you may hate him it's up to you, but Benjamin Clementine, Benjamin Clementine. I love all of his music. He is an ephemeral being, definitely from another timeline. He has a song called Condolence and he sings, you know, I'm letting, I'm sending my condolence to fear. Now we've talked about death today and, you know, underlying the very word appears to be a lot of fear. So it's a great song to hear and it will resonate with your heart. And until next week, thank you for listening. Thank you. Tiro, you want to say goodbye? Oh yeah, no, I was like, thank you. And then I imagined the song would come on. You drifted off. Oh, the song. Copyrights, copyrights. Probably won't be allowed. Enough word. A jingle. Enough word. A jingle. That would be the song. Mm, that comes in. So I guess we can thank you for listening and see you next week. Amazing. Bye. Bye. Whew.